in the crucible with Christ. The important word we read here is with Christ. We all come into crucibles, of course, from time to time in our life. But it's important if you're in the crucible with Christ. Because then you still have hope. There's still something you can hope for. But otherwise, so we will have a close look at people in the Bible, how they managed to get through a crucible with Christ. So that we can get strength and surety and know what to do when we are in such a shadow of death. Grace be with you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to study the theme in the crucible with Christ. Lesson 13. Christ in the crucible. Our memory text in Matthew 27 verse 46. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli. Eli, Lama Sabachthani, that is to say, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The early days. We do not hear much about the early days of Jesus when he was a child. Therefore, these few verses we have, they tell us a lot. In Luke 2, verse 7, we read about Mary, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swelling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. So Jesus wasn't born in the most beautiful palace on earth, but he was born in a manger. They hadn't got any room in the inn. All people flocked to Bethlehem because the king, the emperor of the Roman Empire, he had ordered all people to get to this place where their forefathers had been born. And so Bethlehem, King David, was, uh, was from this city and therefore many, many descendants came and the, this, the village was overloaded with people. This was the beginning. And then we read in the same chapter, Luke 2, 22, and when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought the little one, Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Wow. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. So it should be given to the Lord and so that you can take him back 
and to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. For those who are poor, if you were rich, you could offer a bull or a, you're not so rich, but still rich, a lamb. But for the poor people, pigeons, birds. And this offering tells us something. So Jesus was the firstborn. And he had, so his parents had to act as all other parents as well. When a boy is the firstborn, opened the womb, they should make a sacrifice to get the boy back. In Matthew chapter 2, and there we read something about the early years of, the early year, the first year of Jesus as well. Here we read in chapter 2. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and are come to worship him. And a king, the king was nervous. A king is born, and he doesn't know it. And therefore he wanted to know it, and it ended up killing all young kids over there up to the age of two. So from the very first beginning, the devil wanted to kill Jesus. From the very beginning. Despised and rejected of men. When Jesus was on this planet, he did so many good things. But the reaction of the leaders, it was different. And the reaction of many people was not as God would have them to react. And therefore Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, verse 22. Then was brought unto him one possessed with a devil, blind and dumb, and he healed him, insomuch that the blind and dumb both spoke and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Is not this the son of David? So this must be the Messiah. But, we read, but when the Pharisees heard it, they said, they don't want Jesus to be the Messiah. This fellow, Jesus, does not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. So they called Jesus the prince of the devils, therefore the devils follow him. Now imagine, 
they said Jesus is the devil. This is how he was despised and rejected by the Pharisees. The Messiah is among them and the people, young and old, poor and rich, they all find out he must be the Messiah. Of course, no one else can do that. But the leaders, they say, no, he's the devil. And he's a deceiver. And he's not the Messiah. He only says so, but he isn't it. Don't listen to him. Interesting, isn't it? The devil works through the leaders. And Jesus is the one who confronts them with the truth. In Matthew 23, verse 37, he says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you that kills the prophets, and stones them which are sent unto you, how often would I have gathered your children together, even as a hen gathered her chickens under her wings, and you would not. This is the problem. They would not. He wanted to gather them. But they would not. What happens when there is an eagle up there and the hen with her chickens is down there on the ground and the hen, the mother hen, sees, oh, an eagle approaching and then you hear, beep, 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 beep. So that they come, the little ones. And to be hidden under her wings that the eagle cannot take them. She wants to protect them. But if one doesn't listen, what will happen? It will be taken as a prey. And this is what happens when we don't listen to God. We will be a prey for the devil. Jesus in Gethsemane. In Matthew 26, we read in verse 36, Then comes Jesus with them, with the disciples, into a place called Gethsemane, and says unto the disciples, Sit you here, while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then says he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Dare you here and watch with me. He needs help. Help of prayers. And he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup, full of pain, pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And this is so important to see. 
he, he doesn't like to go this way, but not as I will, but as you will. This is the point. And he comes unto the disciples and finds them asleep and says unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, your will be done. Your will be done. He's willing to drink the cup of pain. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words, for three times. Then comes he to his disciples and says unto them, Sleep on now, take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that does betray me. Christ is in the crucible. And what was his wish, his request for his disciples? Pray, pray for me. I I'm about to die. And his sweat it became like blood drops. His godly part, it wanted to be obedient. But the human being of Jesus, he did not want to die. So there was an, an inner conflict between the flesh and the spirit. And sometimes it is the same with us. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. This is what Jesus did. And it saved mankind. The crucified God. Now from the sixth hour we read in Matthew chapter 27 in verse 45. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness all over the land unto the ninth hour. So from midday to three o'clock in the afternoon. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Ila ila lama asabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He prays Psalm 22. And those who do not know this think, ah, look, he is full in despair. He, he thinks God has forsaken him. No one helps him. He has prayed this psalm. And why Psalm 22? Why did Jesus pray exactly this psalm, not, not another one? Why not 23 or 24? Why 22? Because the psalm 22 
is full of messianic texts. You find there the prediction how it will be at the crucifixion. Therefore, he prays this psalm and not any other. It tells 1,000 years before the crucifixion how it will be like. And the Messiah tells how it will be like 1,000 years before. And therefore Jesus prayed it. And it starts with this verse. So he prayed more than the first verse. But all those who read it at those days, in those days, they knew what is meant, what it meant. He prayed to Psalm 22 to, to prove, now see, it is fulfilled what was written there. And some of them that stood there, verse 47, when they heard that said, this man calls for Elijah. And straightway one of them ran and took his sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. The rest said, let be, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. Elijah will come to save him. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. He's in the crucible. Why is he in the crucible? Did you must not die the second death. He wants you to be redeemed by his blood. All he did, all this crucible, he did it for you, out of his love. He wanted you to be the winner above sin. He wanted you, although you are condemned to death because you have not been in harmony with the will of God, nevertheless, he wants you to live. And therefore, he paid the price for that. And there was no other way to do than this. It was the only way, the only chance. This is Jesus' love. The Suffering God. When Jesus was willing to do so long before Adam and Eve were created, so he offered his life beforehand. When he was here then, he told his disciples about it, they did not understand. Their master, who is such a hero, such a star, he, he should be killed by the Romans and the Jews, the high priests, they would hand him over. It's, it's something uh, impossible. They did not want Jesus to be killed and they wanted to prevent him from doing so. But John the Baptist, when Jesus appeared at the River Jordan, John the Baptist said, look, behold, 
This is the Lamb, Lamb of God, carrying away the sins of the earth. And Paul writes in his epistle to the Romans in chapter 6, verse 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There's no other way. Therefore Jesus says, I am the truth. I am the way. I am the life. No other possibility to come to God. No other possibility. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And therefore he had to, to suffer this. There was no other way to redeem us. He prayed in Gethsemane. Is there another possibility? Because there wasn't any, your will be done. That was his prayer. In the book of John, in the Gospel of John, in chapter 10, and there, in verse 28, we read the following. I give unto them eternal life, it's a word by Jesus, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. What a promise! Being in Jesus' hands. And he says, I give them eternal life. I. Because I'm the king of the universe. I can do so. And they shall never perish. Never ever. No more death. No more sickness. No more pain. Just living. At a high level of quality. And no one shall pluck them out of my hand. This is such a surety, such a promise. So if you take Jesus' hands, no one is able to pluck you out of his hands. He will take care of you because he loves you. If you hold fast to his hand, he will hold fast to you. It's as easy as that. Summary. In the book Balanchi White, the Desire of Ages, we read on the pages 690 and 693 the following words. Three times has Jesus uttered that prayer. Three times has humanity in Jesus, so this human part, shrunk from the last crowning sacrifice. So it wasn't easy for him. It was an enormous struggle. Again, but now the history of the human race comes up before the world's redeemer. He sees that the transgressors of the law, if left to themselves, must perish. But he loves them. And he sees they must perish. 
So what to do? He sees the helplessness of man. What does love do? When love sees the helpless, helplessness. He sees the power of sin. The woes and lamentations of a doomed world rise before him. He beholds its impending fate, and his decision is made. He will save man at any cost to himself. What a sentence. He will save man at any cost to himself. He accepts his baptism of blood, that through him perishing millions may gain everlasting life. And he's able to look into the future and he sees many, many will not take care of this. They do not see the chance because the devil blinds their eyesight. But he sees all those that come and beg for forgiving. Again, he has left the courts of heaven where all is purity, happiness, and glory. And he has left that to save the one lost sheep. The one world that has fallen by transgression. What is the lost sheep? Our planet. All the other planets with inhabitants, with beings, they have not fallen. Our planet Earth is the lost sheep, the only one world that has fallen by transgression. We are the lost sheep. And he will not turn from his mission. He will become the propitiation of a race that has willed to sin. His prayer now presents only submission. His prayer now praises only submission. If this cup may not pass away, these are Jesus' words, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, your will be done. This is Jesus. This is his love. What is your reaction to this love? 